Bryce, good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. How about you guys? Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, Bryce, where are you going tonight? Where are you going to go hooping it up at? I'll be leaving soon for China Spring, lovely China Spring, Texas. And uh, right there is where the Lady Cougars will be hosting uh, number 22, La Vega. Saw, that, saw those two play the first time through district play, and that was a two-point game then, so expecting another pretty good one. Uh, and so, obviously, you and I were talking earlier. There are several teams, I mean several teams, as the – as we, uh, I, I guess we're about the, at the halfway point in, for some starting the second half of, of district play, but we've got several outstanding basketball teams in Central Texas. Absolutely, and uh, several that, you know, as we were talking about earlier, where, um, you know, you have state-ranked teams on both the men's or the boys' and girls' side, you know, of things uh, at one school, and, and La Vega and Lorena are two that immediately come to mind. Um I, I, you know, the, the Pirates uh, are really, really good. A lot of those same guys that we've grown accustomed to seeing on the football field are, are pretty big contributors on the basketball court as well. Guys like Jordan Rogers and, and the big guy, uh, the offensive lineman, Robert Allen, is a, you know, he's a force down in the post. But then they've got some, some guys that are, you know, a little more basketball-type guys and uh, – you know, Marcus Willis Jr. is, is one of those. He's actually uh, the son of, uh, of course, Marcus Willis Sr., but Marcus Willis Sr. is the uh, La Vega girls coach. Um, and, and he's got, you know, his son playing on the state-ranked boys team, and he's got his daughter playing for him who's a freshman on the, uh, you know, state-ranked girls team. So, you know, proud papa there. <laughs> Um, and you know, they're just, they're, they're really talented, but that district is loaded with Conley and China spring and La Vega Robinson's not bad. I mean, they've got some scores on that team. Um, and then you got Mejia and Madisonville as well. So, um, you know, I think one to two of those teams could get to Huntsville. We'll see. I mean, um, that would be, that'd be pretty impressive, but I think one for sure is is going to get to Huntsville. I just think that district's too good, and they're going to toughen each other up. You mentioned all the talent right there for La Vega. My question is, how are they going to be able to contain Eli Stevens for China Spring? He's a force. I mean, there's no question. And, and you know, he's seen every defense imaginable. Uh, I saw him play against uh, Conley earlier this year, and, and even with the attention that Conley gave to him. Eli still had a pretty good game. I think he that Conley did hold him under his average. And that's the thing. I mean, you just want to make him work. Um and, you know, China Spring will need other guys to step up when that happens. Uh but Eli is exceptional at not only, you know, creating stuff for himself, but uh but, you know, setting up his teammates as well. And and he's got some shooters around him. So you know, China Springs a team to keep an eye on too. Um, you know, they haven't got off to quite the start I think they wanted, but they made the regional tournament last year, and you know, and they've got their their big dog back. So, um, you know, we'll see. I think Eli is certainly capable of you know going off on any night. Hey Bryce, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you out and in, uh, on a different path altogether. But I wanted to get your thoughts on, on McLennan. I mean. Here it is. Normally they start in November, but uh, Kevin Gill and, and Ricky Rhodes' team finally got to play a, a real basketball game. And uh, 
and, and Ricky's got a big test tonight, but they did finally get their season off and running it. And how strange is that to be uh, middle of January and just now starting basketball? Very strange. I mean, they would be, you know, 17 games in at this point. I mean, normally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they would have a, a ton of games under their belt, but, um, you know, they'd be in the conference and, and instead they're just starting their season. But, yeah, it's it's COVID, man. It's weird, and, and they're just rolling with it as best they can. But uh, had of a start for both teams the other night. Obviously, you know, the competition, I think, left a little to be desired. But um, as you mentioned, uh, Ricky's team gets a big step up. You know, tonight they'll travel to Tyler and, and uh, play the late Lady Apaches over there. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, both of them are excited about what they've, what they've got, and both of them have, you know, a few local guys uh, on their teams too. I mean, uh, Miana Little, who is a Conley product, she was our Super Syntax Player of the Year last year at Conley, averaged almost 30 points a game. Um, you know, she didn't have just a, a tremendous debut the other night, had six points, but I think you'll see her uh, do some nice things for, for Ricky's team this year. And then uh, another one to, you know, keep an eye out for the for the Highlanders is Diego Gonzalez, who was a former Midway guy. He was on some pretty good Midway teams, and I always liked his game. Uh, I'm glad he's getting a shot at the college level. Um, he's He's got a little bit of, like, Manu Ginobili in his game, you know, just kind of – very, very good at, at uh, driving to the to the rim and just kind of creating and, and making some off-balance shots. And so he'll be a, a fun guy to watch. And you can go watch the MCC teams play. They, they've got the, you know, 25% capacity. So, um, you know, get there early. But uh, always, uh, always fun to go see those teams play. And that's what exactly what I was going to say. It's always so much fun to to go to the Highlands and, and check out uh, the the games. And you get a double dip most of the time you go with with the High Lassies normally starting around five thirty or six, followed by the men's game. So you get a chance to to double dip it. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and you can just you know go hit the concession stand, get you a little grub, and you know make <laughs> make a night out of it. You get to date night, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, I mean, nachos and Dr. Pepper. Uh, you can't, I mean, in, in hoops, you can't go wrong. I mean, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce, it's the time of year for y'all to um, issue out the Jinx Tucker War Award. Could you tell us who got that this season? Sure. Yeah, we uh, that's uh, in in today's paper and online. Uh, Crawford Pirates were our 2020 Jinx winners, and um, yeah, you know, it's. It, uh, it's always a fun deal to kind of figure out who we're going to award that trophy. There's a lot of things that go into it among them, you know, overcoming adversity, um, improving throughout the year, fan support, you know? Um, So, you know, we look at a lot of those different factors and, and Crawford was a team of course, with a first year head coach, uh, and, you know, went to the state semifinals, had a tremendous year and, and had to overcome, you know, like everyone did. And I thought Chad did a really good job in his story of just sort of noting that it was an unusual year, uh, you know, that everybody kind of had to overcome adversity. Um, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, you'd almost want to give it to all of Central Texas. But 
but Crawford was certainly one that, um, you know, they had to uh, forfeit a game against Valley Mills in the regular season, yet still managed to win district even with that forfeit. Um, you know, so the Pirates had a had a very impressive season, and, and uh, Chad was out there the other day and said they were grateful for the award, and so that's always always nice. So we enjoy, uh, you know, we've I've given that thing out a number of times. We've done it at halftime of basketball games. We've done it at football banquets and assemblies and all kinds of things. And it's always, always fun to, you know, uh, reward a team that's deserving. And there are those who do not know who Jinx Tucker is. So for those who don't know, (laughs) the award is named for Jinx Tucker and he was a, he was uh, the very first uh, Trib sports editor, you, uh, you know, preceding Dave Campbell. So we're, we're talking way back. Um, and, and Dave, you know, you could kind of say he was Dave before Dave. I mean, that, that I know that's lofty territory, but, but Jinx, uh, they always said he had, you know, kind of a regional uh, readership uh, audience, you know, and, and, um, you know, Dave always spoke real highly of Jinx and, and so when uh, when Jinx died, uh, Dave was a sports editor then, and he wanted to do something to kind of you know memorialize him, remember him, and and so he created the Jinx Tucker uh, Award, and uh, you know I think we've got the same trophy that we've had for that <laughs> dumb I don't know how many years. Uh, I mean it it may not be the original one, but uh, it's been there since I've been there, and that's twenty two years, so. I've toted that thing around. I always put the seatbelt around it when I'm carrying it around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bryce, we're, we're rolling along here. It's 457. i got to get a couple of more thoughts. First of all, what are the what are the Texans? When are your Texans going to hire a guy? I mean, you know, they wasn't there's the first one open, and now there's is the last one that's not filled. The city of Houston, Bryce, come on, give us, give us your thoughts. I know. About I the entire city of Houston. Yeah, I was out to lunch with some friends today, and they were they were kind of ragging me about it, about all my Houston teams. And I said, yeah, I think they're having a contest to see who's the most dysfunctional. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and right now, the Texans are the leader in the clubhouse. There's no question about it. Uh, they are a mess. They're just, you know, one long off-season soap opera. Uh, every day, it's just, it's incredible. Um, and, and you'd like to think that it'd be a, an attractive job because of, you know, you've got a pretty good young franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Uh-huh. The problem there is he's not happy. You know, he, he's, they're talking about maybe trading him. And uh, I know they have the number two pick in the draft, so you could go out and get Justin Fields, I guess, if you want. But why not keep Deshaun Watson and get somebody else good, you know, at, at number two? So, uh, I, I don't know. It's a mess. I wish they would just hire Eric the enemy and, and make it official and, and, and go from there. Cause I think that guy would be a really good head coach. He hasn't been hired yet by anybody else. Right? Nope. Not till we know of, I mean, there's, yeah. again, we're down to Houston. I mean, and I think the Texans have interviewed him. Yeah, they did. Inter- I saw that the other day and I thought that was a, a smart thing by them. I don't know what took them so long, but I know that, the Chiefs are obviously in the playoffs, but that hasn't ever stopped anybody before. So, yeah, they're a mess for sure, and I don't know what they're they're doing up there in Houston. But uh, you know, I'll keep watching. <laughs> 
All right, so your our final thing for you here with with the uh, passing of of Hank Aaron, we uh, we're asking the listeners today to let us know who their favorite baseball player of all time is. Their favorite baseball player of all time. That is that is such a great question. Uh, I I hate to cop out like this, but I I want to go Biggio and Bagwell. You know. I mean, I feel like they're joined at the hip. Follow the script, uh, Bryce. I said your favorite <laughs> baseball player. I didn't say give me a plethora of players. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just look at those. Like I said, I mean, they were the killer bees. You know, you you couldn't have one without the other. But it, I I loved Bagwell just because he was uh, he was undersized as a first baseman. Uh, he had this crazy batting stance where he looked like he was sitting on the pot. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sorry to go there, but, uh, and he just, he, uh, I always felt like he was kind of overlooked a little bit in terms, I know he won an MVP, but, uh, you know, he just, it seemed like Frank Thomas and some of the other guys like that, uh, overshadowed him sometimes, but, um, and I'll never forget John Werner can tell you about this. But uh, the first year that he was eligible for the Hall of Fame um, and, and he didn't make it, uh, I was so mad. And I, in about 30 minutes, just rattled off a column. And I was just like, moat coming out of my ear. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, if he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer. What's, what's with all this waiting room? You know, I mean, uh, so, yeah, I was, I was a little fired up for that one. But. So I'll go Bagwell, but Biggio is my 1A. See, there you go. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Hey, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. What can we uh, – so you've, you've got coverage tomorrow, and then, of course, uh, I'm, I'm, we'll have previews of uh, the Baylor men and women getting ready for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So uh, you've got to yeah. – yeah. So what else we got? Yeah, and then uh, Chad's got a story coming on Lauren Cox for the weekend for Sunday. Uh, you know, the Indiana fever had some media availability today and he got on there and talked to her. Uh, so we'll be catching up a little bit with Lauren Cox and then, uh, we'll have a Baylor golf preview on Monday. So a little bit of everything. Outstanding. Hey, Bryce, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks guys.